Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. All right, you're doing well? Good. You know, I was telling you we were at the, that ball game and it was so exciting and everybody was so excited and all the anticipation. It was kind of funny because Monday night I was blessed person took me to the Steeler game, the Monday night football game, and I'm laughing thinking, I was watching all the excitement in Houston and thinking about the first quarter and a half at the Steeler game when everybody was booing the Steelers off the field. Like, wow, what a juxtaposition, amen? <laughs> all right, Pastor Troy, I sent you a text. If you would figure that out for me, I would appreciate it. You're a good man. He just, he just, he, you know what he did? He, he, he gave me that eye roll look. You know, I'm going to tell you something. You think it was all fun and games going away. He was rough on me this week. Like he, he, complained about, he complained about everything I did. Well, you parked too here. You parked too far away. You should have parked over there. You and I never said a word about his snoring in the hotel room. <laughs> you know, he's been rough on me. You know, pray for me. It's like, it, it, was, it was a rough time with you. You want to try to follow me? <laughs> Amen. Hey, turn with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. All right. I got a message. Here's the simple title. I'm going to try to make this a simple message. Um, but the Lord's been kind of just, um, kind of just, I, I love, one of my favorite subjects is the kingdom of God. All right, I love the kingdom of God, the message, the parables. I love the message of the kingdom. The, the church has not done a great job in the past number of years about the kingdom. We talk a lot about, we, we almost talk about the gospel as if it's separated from the kingdom, when the fact of the matter is, it was always the good news of the kingdom of God that was preached. And so today's message is going to be simply entitled, You're Invited. All right, you're invited. Do we have it, Troy, or do we not have it? You're getting there? Come on, you want to try to keep up with me? Did the guys happen to see the picture on Facebook? We had a nice fun time. And they, all three of them in the plane were like this. <laughs> the kingdom is what I want to talk about a little bit today. Now listen to me. All through Matthew chapter 13, you'll see where Jesus compares the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. When, when John the Baptist began preaching, his preaching began with, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Jesus began his ministry, he preached a message. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Whenever he sent out the apostles, he sent the disciples, he said, go preach this message. The kingdom of heaven, heaven is at hand. Now, how many know he probably told them to do that because it was at hand? How many of you only think of heaven as being that place that you're going to get to whenever you die? Some of you, okay, listen. Okay, I think some of you are like, well, I'm not sure I'm getting there. <laughs> right? Right? Like, like, for, for, like, like we have this connotation that the impact of heaven in our life is only that which is going to happen when I die or when Jesus comes back. When I think the Bible teaches far more than that. I think the Bible teaches that the kingdom of God, first of all, is within us. The kingdom of heaven is within us. It I, teaches to me a now but not yet mentality. All right, where there are realities in my life now of the kingdom, and there are some realities I'll never experience until the fullness of when Jesus comes back to return, so forth and so on. Now, so I'm going to take this chapter 22, verse 1. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is compared to a king 
who gave a wedding feast for his son. And he sent out his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding feast. And they were unwilling to come. And again, he sent out other slaves telling those who had been invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, and my fat and livestock are all butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and they went their way, one to his farm, one to his business. And the rest seized the slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. But the king was enraged, and he sent his armies and destroyed those murderers and set their city on fire. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready. I'm sorry. The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, to the main highways, and as many as you find there, invite them to the wedding feast. And they went out into the streets, and they gathered together all they found, both evil and good. And the wedding hall was filled with dinner guests. But when the king came in to look over the dinner guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed in wedding clothes. And he said to them, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. Then the king said to his servants, bind them hand and foot, throw them into the outer darkness, that place will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Father, would you use your word this morning? Speak to our hearts this morning. Speak to our lives this morning. Bring truth into our lives this morning. That we would walk out of here knowing that we were in your presence, knowing that you were in our midst, knowing that you spoke words to us this morning that would shape and form our countenance, shape and form our words, shape and form our spirit. Use your word this morning, God. In Jesus' name, amen. He's just teasing me back there. We are having complications. You're invited. So I want you to think about this for just a moment. Jesus talks about this. We hear this concept of the heaven. We automatically think of that eternal abode we will reside in upon death or the second coming of Jesus. Certainly, that's true. Certainly, that's truth. However, to view it merely as a dimension or a realm we participate only at death in my opinion, is short-sighted and incomplete, all right? Because what it leads to is many people living their life trying to get to heaven. How many know that the Bible tells me that the moment I become saved, I'm already eternally saved, okay? Now, I believe Scripture shows us that we live now in the dimension of heaven and we'll step into the completeness of that dimension or that realm in the future, we live now incomplete, but one day we will enter into completeness. Think about it. What did Jesus pray? Jesus prayed, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth, as it is what? So he's praying, I want your will that is in heaven, the things that are done in heaven, to be done on earth. How many know that the culture of heaven should live in us now as we live among the culture of the earth? All right, for, for example, how many of you believe that there is lying in heaven? Okay. How many of you believe there's stealing in heaven? Immorality in heaven. Right? So if it's not in heaven, then how many know it should not be in us? If it's not in heaven, it should not be in us. All right? How many know there's not injustice in heaven? There's not prejudice in heaven. There's no racism in heaven. Therefore, it should not exist where? In us. The Bible tells me the kingdom where? Is within me. Again, I already told you, the message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So now, watch this. So, no, so now here's what Jesus says. He said, it's kind of be like this. It's like a king who was having a wedding for his son. 
and he sent out this invitation, all right? And this invitation goes forth. Notice something. You don't invite a dead person to a feast. When's the last time you invited a dead person to church? Now, some of us look dead in church, but I assure you they're not. All right, just reach over, grab your neighbor's wrist, wrist see if they have a pulse. <laughs> if they don't, jab them with something, okay? You, you, you're the man, all right? Isn't he, isn't he good? Now, I want to show you a couple of things, all right? Now, so he sends out this invitation. You send out an invitation to the living. Jesus is going around. He's walking for three years doing his ministry. And his invitation isn't just to get saved. His invitation is to get into the kingdom. The invitation isn't just to get to heaven. The invitation is to come into the kingdom of God. How many know the invitation today is not just about getting to heaven. The invitation is to live in his kingdom now and fulfillment of the completeness of it someday. It's an invitation to step into the domain or the realm or the dimension of the king, all right, and his kingdom. It is, so now, in this passage, everything is being prepared, right? And when everything is prepared, the invitation goes forth. And there's an invitation, and there's a meal, and there's a culture that they're asked to step into, all right? Now, watch what happens. But what happens is, here's what it says, but they paid no attention. They paid no attention, and they went their own way, one to his farm, another to his business. They rejected the invitation. How many of you can remember rejecting the invitation that came from God? I can tell you as a teenager, sitting in a church service, hearing an invitation to salvation, and rejecting it. Anybody ever done that? You're all lying. <laughs> You're going to get you saved right now. All right? I can remember hearing the message. I can remember, and I can remember sitting there and saying, no, I want nothing to do with it. I want to live my own life. I want to do what I want, when I want, how I want. Right? And there was this invitation. But I didn't understand then that it was an invitation not just to get to heaven. Listen to me. If you're selling people up. Yes, we want to go to heaven. But it's kind of like going from here to California, just wanting to get there, but missing all the fullness in between. It's an invitation into the kingdom of God, the culture of the kingdom, to live in that culture and have that culture live in you now, not just getting to the destination. Because if you live according to the culture now, you will have joy in the journey. You will have fullness in the journey. You will have far greater meaning in the journey. All right? Because now, living according to the kingdom is not about being given to heaven, it's about pleasing the king. Now, I mean, okay, so there's a rejection. Why was there a rejection? First of all, the one group was unwilling. The, the word there just means simply they said, no, don't want to come. I don't want to go to it. I don't want to accept your invitation. Not coming. All right, that word implies that there was an expectation of getting a yes when they got a no. Have you ever got a no from somebody you expected them to say yes? Right, this is what that word means. And then there's another thing happened. Watch this. And then it says this, that they paid, the other group paid no attention and went their way. Went back to his farm, went back to his business and so forth. You see, in, there's, there was an indifference 
towards this invitation. You see, sometimes it's just a no, but then there's an apathetic indifference to the things of God. There's an indifference. Well, you know, I can take it or leave it. Well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of got my, I'm kind of consumed with stuff over here. And so I can't come there. You see, the problem is indifference towards the things of God will keep you from the fullness of God. You will never have a full marriage if you're indifferent towards your marriage. Indifference is a plague upon our lives sometimes. If your husband is indifferent towards you, how many of you are feeling really good? If your wife is indifferent towards you, right? How does that make you feel? If you're indifferent towards your children, how does that make your children feel? As a child and your parents were kind of indifferent, how does that make you feel? You never live up the fullness of the relationship because you're living in an indifference. The Bible tells here that there's an indifference in this thing. They were indifferent to the invitation that was being sent out. Today, there are many people who are indifferent to the king's invitation. There are many who are indifferent to stepping into what God has prepared. Do you understand God has prepared things for us? Not just when I die, but as I live. Right? They're either happy or mad. I'm not sure what that scream was. But I know this much. There was life over there. You see, they, they couldn't see any sense in accepting this invitation. The king, they're indifferent because they're indifferent to the invitation because they're indifferent to the king. How many know if you're indifferent to someone, you're probably not, if, you're, if you view somebody indifferently, you're going to be indifferent to their invitation. But if they matter to you, how many know you will not be indifferent to their invitation? You go and you accept invitations because somebody means something to you and you're not indifferent to you. There was this, they didn't love the king, but they didn't hate the king. They, and they, didn't, they didn't hate him, they didn't love him, they didn't love the son, they didn't hate the son. They're just kind of indifferent. They're just kind of apathetic. They're just kind of lukewarm. Like, whatever, okay, whatever. You see, I want to say to you this morning for just a moment, and the reason they were indifferent about the things that God they were invited to, to the kingdom they were invited to, is because they were consumed with the things of this world. And when you are consumed with the things of this dimension, it will keep you from the fullness of his dimension. When you are, when you are consumed, I mean, we can become consumed with the things of this world. We can become be consumed with our selfish things, right? And all of a sudden, when that consumption takes over, we're indifferent to the things of God. Indifference keeps us from the things that God has prepared for us indifference there's an increasing indifference sometimes in the world in Christianity I can live enough to get to heaven but I don't want to live in the dimension of heaven now I just want to live enough to get there I want to have my cake and eat it too indifference keeps us from the things the king has prepared for us keeps us from fullness keeps us from experiencing all the blessings of God it keeps us from it apathy kills Sometimes we're apathetic. Let's, let's just be honest this morning. Can we be honest for just a moment? That sometimes we are apathetic to the things of God. We're going to go Sunday morning because we're going to punch our ticket and we're going to get our star and kind of feel good about going. But we don't really chase after the things of God, the things he has prepared for us, the culture that he has prepared for us to live in us now. 
But then there's an interesting thing. It says, and then the rest seized his slaves and mistreated them and killed them. Hmm. It's interesting. There are two things happening in our nation right now, in the world, where there is um, hostility and indifference to the things of God. How many of we are becoming more and more polarized? Like it is hot, white hot for the things of God, or some people, or it's apathy, indifference, and hostility. How many know there's a hostility towards the things of God? There's a hostility in the world today that wants to destroy. Man, if you're a Christian, they're coming after you. If you're a church, they're coming after you, right? There's a hostility that exists. There's, not, there's no, like for some people, it's not a matter of indifference. It's a matter of hatred. It's a matter of hostility. They're hostile to the things of God. They're hostile to a notion of a king and a kingdom not of this world. Because how many know that when I'm born anew from above, I'm born into the kingdom of God, and I'm no longer confined to the kingdom of this world? All right, now think about this. This hostility is because there's a concept that if I, this kingdom comes, it unseats kingdoms. How many know you can't have two kings? Think about this moment. Jesus, in our country, there are two things that will destroy what God has prepared for his people. There's a religious spirit and there's a political spirit. And both of those things will seek to destroy what God genuinely has. Well, how do I say that? How many know Jesus warned us against two leavens? He warns us against two leavens in the Bible. The one leaven, he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. That's a religious spirit. A religious spirit hates true, authentic, spirit-fueled, spirit-given culture of kingdom of God in people's lives. But then he also said, beware of the spirit of Herod. You know the spirit of Herod always tried to destroy what God was birthing? The spirit of Herod was a political spirit that tried to destroy what God was doing. Look in our country right now. How many know there are political spirits that are warring against the things of God? And I'm not talking about a party. You, I'm going to make this statement, and some of you are just going to shoot me. It's okay, I love you anyhow, and Jesus loves you, and if you shoot me today, I'll go and get the fullness of heaven. But there are even political spirits trying to destroy the things of God, even on the Republican side of the aisle, as well as the Democrat side of the aisle. Just telling you. Yeah, it was popular. Church history shows us that every time the church would ally themselves with a world power, the world power would corrupt the things of the church. Just telling you, don't you tie yourself to a political spirit. You tie yourself to the spirit of God. This hostility was hostility. You see, it comes against his invitation to the kingdom causes hostility in the religious and the political kingdoms of our day because it unseats rulers, it unseats principalities. How many know it unseats the authorities? That's what it does. So now, this king, he sends out this invitation. Come on, come in. I've prepared something for you. I want you as a part of my kingdom. I want you to part of all this that I have prepared. And one group says, no, I just don't want to come. Another group's just indifferent. Another group's hostile. And God's like, Fine. I'm done with all you. 
right? What does he do? Then he sends out, he says, hey, you go into the highways and the byways, and you go, and as many as you find, everybody you see, I want you to invite them to the wedding feast. How many of you know that if you were having a party tonight, you would not want me to go through the city inviting everybody? <laughs> Some of you are like, I would not have enough food. But I'm going to tell you the reality of that. The reality of there's some people in the city you wouldn't want there. I love it. Years and years and years ago, somebody said they shouldn't have to come to the church and sit by those people. See ya. See ya. This ain't a club. This ain't an exclusive club. So he sends us out. How many know your wife likes to know how many people you're inviting to the party? And she doesn't want you to invite everybody. Like when I invited the church to the pond to have a pig roast and she didn't know about it. Not a good thing, guys. Tell your wife when you're having a pig roast at the pond. She should not find out in the church bulletin. It's not good. <laughs> the week before. <laughs> not good. He says, you go and you invite anyone you find. You invite everyone that you find to this, what I have prepared. And so they went into the streets. And they went into the streets and they gathered together all they found. Watch what it says. They gathered all they found, both evil and good. What? Both evil and good. And the wedding was filled with dinner guests. You see, the great thing about the invitation is the invitation to the kingdom comes without any distinction. There's no distinction. There's no, hey, come to it if you're black. Come to it if you're white. Come to it if you're rich. Come to it if you're poor. Come to it. It's without distinctions, without prejudice. It is for all who would come. I've been invited and you've been invited into this invitation. But see, something happens. But when the invitation comes, you have to accept this invitation to the king that demands a willingness to leave your present position. You cannot stay where you are and step into the things of God. You cannot stay where you are and step into the promises of the kingdom. You cannot stay where you are and step into the fullness. You see, and I'm telling you this morning that God has more for every one of us in this place. That was an amen on there. Okay. Like, is Leroy playing with the kids today? That usually happens when Leroy's in there. All right, it came without distinction. It came without prejudice. An invitation didn't go to us. It once was kind of a select group, but now, because of the rejection, there was an invitation to all, to both good and evil. The king is inviting anyone who was willing to step into what he prepared, anyone who wasn't indifferent to what he was prepared, anyone who wasn't hostile without partiality. Jesus walked the earth. He invited Pharisees. He invited prostitutes. He invited tax collectors. Liars, thieves, cheats. Amen again. Somebody is not happy back there. Interesting. It's interesting when you look at Jesus. Those who thought they were good will not accept his invitation because of those he thought they thought were bad who hung out with Jesus. Well, I can't, I can't hang out with that Jesus guy. Look at who he's hanging out with. He's hanging out with those people. They rejected him because of that. You see, here's the fact of the matter. In this room today, some of you were all in need equally of salvation, 
But how many know some of you have done worse things than others? That's a fact, right? Some of you have done things in this room that you couldn't imagine, that others couldn't imagine doing. And some of you have experienced things that others in this room have never experienced. But the invitation is the same to all. The invitation was never based upon your condition, right? The invitation was never based upon condition. And so this invitation comes to all who would, no matter where they were, but they would have to leave their present position in order to step into the position he prepared for them, which in a sense is called what? Here's the quote, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That I have to change the way that I think in order to step into what he has prepared. Repentance, we often think of repentance as being sorrowful. Repentance can come with sorrow, but it is not in and of itself sorrow. Repentance is a change of mind, change of direction. I'm turning from this and I'm going here. So now those who hear this invitation have to make a decision. Am I going to repent and go to this or am I going to stay here? Every one of us had to make that decision. Every one of us. And this repentance is turning from your world to his world. Literally. Literally. It's like, it ain't about me anymore. It's about you, God. I'm not going to be the king of my own world anymore. I'm going to step into your realm. I'm going to step under your domain. You are the king. You're inviting me into your kingdom. It is turning from your ways to his way. If you're going to come to the United States and you're going to become a citizen, how many know you're supposed to adopt the ways of this country? Right? So that you can become a citizen. Listen to me this morning. When you are hearing the invitation to step into the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God to come into you, there needs to be a changing of ways not to get into the kingdom, but because I am in the kingdom. Why is it that I don't lie anymore if I'm in the kingdom? Because lying is not a part of the culture of the kingdom. Why do I not steal and cheat and all the other things that we do in our old life? Because it's not the culture of the kingdom. And I'm saying I repent of those things and now I'm going to walk into this. It is turning from your doing to what he's doing. Right? I'm like, think about it. Peter, James, and John, right? Come follow me. Come follow me. Come with me. Leave everything you've ever done. Leave everything you know. And come and follow me and adopt my ways and adopt my kingdom. Adopt my culture. When he comes to the home of Zacchaeus and it was an invitation. And Zacchaeus receives that invitation. And when he receives that invitation, how many know all of a sudden he says, I guess I got to stop cheating people now. I guess I got to stop stealing from people now. Because I'm now stepping into a dimension that's not like the dimension I've lived in my whole life. I'm now stepping into a dimension, a realm of the king's domain. And I'm going to adopt that culture. And what is, it, what is it that causes me to want to change and repent? My fear of hell? Nah. Nah. Oh, yeah, I don't want to go to hell. No, no, you don't want to go to hell. How many of you like to marry somebody just because they, they didn't want to be afraid to be alone the rest of their life? That the only reason they married you is because they didn't want to be alone the rest of their life. Oh, thank you. They weren't in love with you. They didn't love you. I just don't want to be alone. 
joy, joy. Right? Joy, joy. That's a lot of fun. No. Repentance is caused by the beauty of the kingdom. Repent for the kingdom is in. See the kingdom. See the beauty of it. See the majesty of it. See the culture of it. It's not like the culture of this world. It's not like a culture that says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a No, 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 that's not the culture of heaven. The culture of heaven is a culture of forgiveness. The culture of heaven is a culture of love. The culture of heaven is totally different than the culture of the world. And what God says is, here, look, I have prepared, step into this, see its beauty. And it's the beauty of that that should cause us to say, I'm out of here. I don't stand there anymore. I'm stepping into this domain because of what I see. It's not hard when you look into the scripture. It wasn't hard for the prostitute to see the beauty of Jesus and step into that kingdom. But oh, oh, how hard it was for the rich and the Pharisees to see the beauty of the kingdom and step into it. That would forever change their culture. Matter of fact, they rejected him. It's the beauty of God. It's the beauty of the king. It's the beauty of the kingdom. The superiority of the kingdom. See the kingdom and repent. What we try to do is we try to scare people into the kingdom. You show them the true kingdom, they'll never have to be afraid. The true kingdom doesn't scare anybody into it. The true kingdom says, come, it draws you. The love of God calls us to repentance. The love of God. I've always said for years, I always see every, every Halloween, all the churches start doing hell houses. Because we're going to do hell houses, and we're going to kick people through those hell houses, and they're going to see demons, and they're going to see hell, and they're going to see all this. When are we going to do a heaven house? A heaven house that causes people to see oh, the kingdom, the splendor, the majesty, the goodness. Okay. How many know they don't have to go to a heaven house at a church to see heaven in your life? They don't have to go to a heaven house to see heaven in your life. This invitation comes to you in spite of your condition. You didn't have to be one of the who's who's, right? You didn't have to have the right pedigree. You didn't have to have the right class. You didn't have to have the right race. You didn't have to do, you didn't have to do it. Just, it just came, despite of your condition, all right? In, in spite of it. You see, many times you hear people say, well, I want to come, but I, my condition. How many of you ever been invited somewhere and say, oh, I'm just not dressed. I'm just not dressed well enough. I just, I just, don't, have, I just, I just don't have the right clothes on. Hmm? Anybody ever gone to one of those restaurants? And I've been there where they, they make you wear a jacket, and if you don't have one, they'll give you one? All right? Whatever. You see, this, this invitation, it comes in spite of your condition. But here's what's really cool. If you will accept the invitation to come, he will change your condition. How many of you know you are different today because you accepted the invitation? Okay, I got one person down here. Like, aren't you different? You should be different. The Bible shows me that people are different when they get saved. People are different when they receive the message of the kingdom. People are different 
when they step into the kingdom and the kingdom is in them. They're different. You're not the same. You're actually nice now. You actually smile now. Some of you. See, he makes, what's going to happen is, he makes it possible for you to come where you weren't in a condition to come. You know, every year in Augusta, Georgia, they have a dinner. And at that dinner, is called the Master's Champions Dinner. I can't go to it. It's a very exclusive club. And the only way you can go to that dinner is you have to own something. A green jacket. This is Master's right there. That you are a Master's Champion. You can't get into that dinner any other way, unless maybe you're one of the waiters or something. You're not getting into that dinner unless you got a green jacket. And that says, let them in. They're a champion. Get them in. They won the tournament once. For the rest of their life, they get invited and they go to that dinner. They're coming. He's going out to the byways and the highways, to those who didn't have the wedding clothes, to those who weren't able to come in. He said, you go get them. Because here's what the, the Bible tells me in the book of Zephaniah. Be silent before the Lord, for the day of the Lord is near. For the Lord has prepared a sacrifice, Jesus, and he has consecrated his guest. I'm going to make a way for you to come to what I have prepared for you. Come on. Do you know how good our God is? I've prepared something for you. I have something for you. I have a kingdom for you now and then. And not only that, you can't get into it on your own. You don't have what it needs. But I'm going to make a way for you to get there. I got a good God. Right? Think about this for a moment. Let me, like, like, and, and, and how do I get that clothing? Right? The Bible says, for all of you who were baptized into Christ... Have clothed yourself with Christ. You know what? You, you know what? When I put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what see God sees in me? He sees me robed in a robe of righteousness that's not my own. He sees me clothed with Christ that enables me to step into what God has prepared. You see, you aren't stepping into his dimension in your clothing but rather you're stepping into it in his clothing. He'll make a way for you to step into a realm he has prepared for you and a dimension he has prepared for you. He made a way and that way is Jesus. And when you accept this invitation, he changes your condition and he makes you able to come in. Listen to this, listen to this. I love this scripture. How I many know Isaiah 61 and Luke chapter four is when Jesus quotes Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. How I many know the invitation will take you from being afflicted to good? All right, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. Think about this. Now watch this. To grant on those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes. Do you understand? Your condition changes when you step into the culture of heaven. Your cha- my countenance changes. My condition changes. My outlook changes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The man of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. You will be called an oak of righteousness. All of this is because he is the one who enables me to step into where he has invited me to go. And now I'm changed. As if he invites you, if he invited you, he will clothe you. He will clothe you. You see, it wasn't, see, when, when, 
when you look at the scripture, it says he came to visit the guests. And there was one there who didn't have the wedding clothes on. Do you understand? It wasn't that he wasn't dressed well enough for the occasion. He didn't have what he provided for him for the occasion. He knew who he was inviting, didn't have it. And it was very customary for that time, that ancient time, for the king to provide the clothing for the guest. And they had to wear, and they wore what the king provided. But here was who, one who showed up who did not have on what the king has provided. And I would say to you this morning that the king has provided our clothing, and his name is Jesus. And that's how we step into those things. Oh, I'm not dressed right. You see, and that's what he says. And when he said, how did you get in here? He was speechless. Let me talk about the eternal part of heaven for a moment. That day you'll see him. That day when he says, how did you get in here? And I'm doing him. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Because anything else leaves us speechless. He had nothing with which he could respond. He could not say, my good works. This was probably somebody who didn't have any good works. He could not say, my, he was, this was somebody that had to go get along the white road somewhere. This was somebody who had to go get along the street somewhere. This is somebody who didn't invite in the first place. And now, what he should have said was, I didn't have the clothes, but if you give me them, I'll put them on, I'll stay. What are you going to say when you're looking at God? He says, if he says to you, why should I let you into my kingdom? Jesus, Jesus, you've clothed me with your righteousness. I've got nothing on my own to offer. You see, because what happens, how many know, when you see the beauty and the splendor of the king and his kingdom, it leaves you speechless. How are you going to bring anything else that measures up to that? He prepared a way for what he has prepared for us. I want you to think about this for a moment. He, 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 clothed him so that they, he clothed them so they could come in. The prodigal. <laughs> that punk. I mean, that's what the elder brother thought. This prodigal goes away, squanders everything. And what was it that caused him to want to go home? What caused it that wanted him to repent? My father's house. I remember my father's house. I remember the goodness of my father. I remember him. It was the beauty of his father's kingdom that caused him to return. It was the beauty of the father that caused him to return. I'm going back to my father's house. I'm going back. I got no shoes. I got, no, I got the clothes of a slave. I got the slave clothes, but I'm going back. And daddy's home. We know that story. And if daddy ran to him. And daddy's like, no, those clothes won't do it anymore, but I got some for you. You're wearing the clothes of a slave. You're wearing the clothes of a pauper. You're wearing the clothes of, a, of, 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 of your sin. And I will not allow you to live in those clothes anymore. Get the robe. Get the robe. Get the best robe. Get daddy's robe. You get my robe and you put it on him so that nobody mistakes who he is. That's what my God did for us. He didn't just give us a robe. He gave us his robe. His robe of righteousness. So that when people see you and people see us, who are they seeing? They're seeing the Father. They're seeing the Father. They close us. And I said, oh, by the way, get him a ring too. And get him some sandals. 
get in my shoes. My son doesn't go barefoot. Oh, man, I don't know about you, but my God's a pretty good God. That he prepares this place, and he invites us to this place, and he clothes us so we can go to that place, and he prepares a way to the prepared place. It's not just about getting to heaven, ladies and gentlemen. It's about living in a culture of heaven now. The invitation today is not merely getting into the culture of heaven when we die, but rather to have the culture of heaven in us while we live. While we live. Blessed are the peacemakers. All the things that he said, blessed by the kingdom of heaven is yours. You, you see, the Bible tells me I get saved. The Bible tells me the spirit, spirit of God dwells within me. I accept this invitation, and then the Spirit of God lives in me, and he begins to mold me and shape me. And all of a sudden, there's things that begin to happen in me that we call the fruit of the Spirit. But how many know the fruit of the Spirit is just a reflection of the kingdom of heaven? It's a reflection of the character of God. It's a reflection of the character of heaven that now lives inside of us. You're not accepting an invitation that you hope to get into heaven someday. You're accepting an invitation to step into his culture and his kingdom and his domain and his realm right now. Right now. While, while we live in the world, in the kingdom of this world. Which means you can have joy even in the midst of this world. Because how many know your joy is not based upon the kingdom of this world? It is based upon the kingdom of another world. You live differently than the world lives. Come on, Troy. I just want to give you hope. You know, it's funny to me that you can live with the hope of heaven and some people live with the hope of heaven and still live in misery in this world. They'll live with the hope of heaven but not have the character of heaven and the culture of heaven in them now. Which will steal you of a lot of things. It'll rob you of peace. It'll rob you of joy. It'll rob a lot of things. Because you only got your eyes on, I just hope to get into heaven and be with Jesus someday. I don't think that's how Jesus taught it. Yeah, we know there's an eternal reward. But the Bible very clearly says that we repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Bible says it's inside of me. It dwells within me. And so, 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 think about this for just a moment and I'll be done. Today, this is not just a salvation message. Although, if you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Savior, if you've never given your heart to God, if you never said yes to the invitation, I want you to hear that. That the message of salvation, I want you to know that He wants you in His realm. And how do I know He wants you in His realm? 
That's why he killed his son. Jesus went to Calvary and died on a cross because the only way you and I could enter into what the king has prepared was through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Calvary made heaven possible for you and I. Calvary made the kingdom message that Jesus preached. Calvary made the kingdom possible. People don't like when I say this. Don't care. It was never the good news of Calvary. It was always the good news of the kingdom of God. The good news of the kingdom. Calvary is the access point whereby I become clothed with Christ, repent of my sin, he paid a price for me, that I now step into that kingdom. And so I want you to hear the message of salvation today. That God says, I invite you into my domain. I invite you under my rule. I invite you under my realm. I invite you to allow me to become king of your heart. And I made a way for that to happen. Because you can't do it on your own. I only recognize you accepting it when you're dressed in what I've given you. But, but I want more than just, you know, it's not just a state that you step into a death. It's something you step into when you die to self. Because to receive that invitation, I've got to die to myself. I've got to die to me. It's not just an invitation to get to heaven. It's just an invitation to step into his domain, his realm. To step into the fullness of God. Uh, for some of us today in this room, you, uh, some of you say, I got saved 72 years ago. That just means you're really old. Just kidding, kind of. But somebody, I got saved 47 years ago. I gave my heart, I said this in his prayer. Okay, praise God. But I want to ask you today, are you walking in the full dimension of what that means in your life? Or has indifference crept in? Has familiarity breeded contempt? How many know it was familiarity with Jesus that caused them not to be able to do any miracles in Nazareth? It's an amazing thing. Has apathy towards the things of God and his kingdom snuck in on you? Where like, it used to be you were white hot about the kings of God. And then apathy kind of crept in. Ah, I can take it or leave it. The things of this world. I gotta go back to my farm. The pigs need fed. I remember I had an uncle. They had a dairy farm. This isn't a knock. I'm just saying what happened. They'd come to parties or whatever it would be. And there was a certain time he had to go because they had to go because they had 300 cows that had to be milked. They couldn't wait. So no matter what was going on, we got to go home and milk the cows. Sometimes we treat the things of God like, I got to go. I got to go. I'm consumed with my business. I'm consumed with this. Now, some, some of us today, if I said to you, why should God let you in his kingdom? Some would say, what? Well, I, I do good things. I've seen heathens do good things. When I was a heathen, I did good things. I did. Some of you are trusting in your own garments to get into heaven, to get into the kingdom. Are you trusting your condition or his condition? I mean, no, his condition is better than your condition. 
That wasn't you, Jim. You see, God is not inviting you to live in a worldly dimension only to finally enter into a kingdom dimension at death. Kingdom dimension at death. How many know he's inviting us to live in a kingdom dimension now and then? Now and then. Yes, we know there's an eternity. We know that one day we're going to step into that, that, that moment where we're all going to be judged. We're all going to be there. Yet, if we will live in the kingdom of the culture now, we will definitely step into the kingdom then. The invitation is really simple this morning. God says, I have prepared something for you. Not just when you die, because the kingdom is not just about when we die. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the domain of the king, the role of the king, the realm of the king is our life. It's our life. Why do you think some of you have faced some of the hardest things in your life? And you're not consumed by despair because of what lives inside of you. I don't know whose child that is, but I want them out here in worship next week. That child is going to be a preacher or a singer, one or the other. There ain't no way God put that much breath in those lungs not to be used. (laughs) Father, this morning, right now, let me do the preacher thing. Every head bow, every eye closed. (laughs) How many know Jesus never did that? Huh? I'm just telling you, Jesus just said, hey, you want to get saved? Today, there's an invitation that's gone forth right here, right now. Right here, right now, there's an invitation. The Spirit of God is inviting you to step into the realm that the King has prepared for you. It's not just an eternal realm when you die. It's a realm right now that says that you say, I see it. I get it. I hear it. I want to live in that dimension now, not just then. I don't want to live my life trying to get to heaven. I want heaven in me now. I want the culture of the kingdom in me now. And so I am going to do this. Keep your heads bowed. Keep your eyes closed. I don't know. We've just kind of made it like, I don't know. I'm going to stop doing that someday, Troy. But what I want to know, and this is, is this for people to get saved and give their heart to God? Yes. But listen to me for a moment, Christian, believer. God is inviting you to more. God is inviting you to the fullness of his kingdom now in your life. And difference won't get it done. Consumption with the world will not get it done. And so I say to you this morning, in this house, right now, If you want to accept that invitation to all the king has prepared, raise your hand. Raise them high. Don't be embarrassed. Just raise them high. 
Now listen to me, I want to tell you something while you have them up. Keep them up. Some of you have this idea that, see, see, what I want you to get rid of is what you think his fullness means. It might be totally different than what you think it needs. As a matter of fact, what's going to happen for some of you is for some of you, you're going to step into the fullness of what he has, and yet it's not what you thought you had planned or your desires are, but you're going to find complete contentment in it. And so, Father, all across this room this morning, there are hands that have gone up. And some of these hands are people saying, you know what? I want to give my heart to God. I want to accept this invitation that has gone forth to be dressed in his robe, to be able to step into the things he has, that he has prepared for me, that I want to become a child of God. That, Father, to accept this invitation, some are here this morning, and this is what they need to say in their heart. That with their mouth, they confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And with their heart, they believe that you raised him from the dead. The Bible says if we do those two things, we're saved. But yet, becoming saved is more than about getting into heaven. They have now said, I surrender to the realm of the king. I'm surrendering my life to the culture of heaven to be developed within me. The kingdom of God to be developed within me. And they become a child of God today. For others this morning in this room, Father, I would say, for Christians who are saying, I want, I want the fullness of God. Father, bring us all to a place where we throw off apathy. We bring us all to a place where we throw off indifference. Throw us, uh, that we, would, we stop being consumed with other things and we'd be consumed with you. is for your church to hear your invitation and to live as an extension to live as a covenant community of believers who live as an extension of heaven on earth we're inside of those church inside of those walls whether it be a local church or a city church that inside of that covenant community of believers that the culture of heaven would exist where jealousy would no longer exist where dissension would no longer exist where, where, where strife would no longer exist where unity would dwell where unity would be there where that will happen within the body of Christ hmm. so you've invited us step into the king's realms, the king's domain, the king's activity, the king's festivity. And this day we would say yes. This day we would say yes. And this day we would say, you clothe us. You change our condition. And we say yes to that invitation. And if that's you, everybody said, 